from one dipstick in Georgia to another dipstick in Texas. Welcome to Two Dipsticks Garage with the Chance Brothers. The Trace. Yes, sir. Which would be three. Oh, uh, Buffalo Trace. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Trace Leches. That's where my head was. I was like, well, Trace is, is three. I know that much, but three what? Is it three rivers whiskey or three rivers bourbon? <laughs> no, no, it's the Trace. Yes. Broski, what's on the menu today? We can do a fleet update. See, we talk about what how things are going there and any updates on, on previous things and if I recall correctly, yesterday or the day before, I received a text message that said something was done baking in the oven and should be on mm-hmm. the delivery truck pretty darn soon. Yes, and we're not talking about children. We're talking about <laughs> uh, vehicles. And uh, <laughs> this, is, this is my Maverick order, my Ford Maverick hybrid order that I've been waiting on for, gosh, it's almost a year and a half, I think, at this point. Things have been on order and then converted up. And so finally got confirmation on yesterday that it had been built and then that they were shipping it. So they have a, they Ford builds these alongside the Bronco Sport in their Hermosillo plant in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So out towards Baja, California, the estimated delivery date to the dealer is somewhere, somewhere between uh, halfway through September through the end of October of this year, 2023. So we are anxiously awaiting, but uh, I'm at least have the security knowing that it's built Mm -hmm. and it's perhaps somewhere on a train (laughs) between Mexico and Georgia. I truly don't know. So we're recording this at the tail end of August 23. You said this has been around a year and a half in progress? Okay, so it's more like a year and a quarter. So it, I originally placed my order in June of 2022. Okay, so it's certainly 15 months has gone by, and now they're saying, all right, we're going to get it to you here in the next six to eight weeks. That's, yeah, that's what they're saying. Well, congratulations. Quite the <laughs> wait. And I'm grateful that you put in the caveat that it's not one of our sisters or your wife expecting. As it turns out, Stephen and I have... An abundance of sisters, more than you can count on one hand. And yes, one of them is pregnant during this recording. She's due in in January 24, so. True. So we had to to clarify that it was done in the oven and expecting delivery. We just needed to be extra clear there of of what we were talking about. (laughs) Oh, my mercy. (laughs) So for, and I wanted to check in as well for your recent acquisition of the Mazda Speed 3, how things are going, how things are progressing. Uh, You had told me that I needed to take 4,000 cash and make the deal happen. And that rolled around with me for about a week. And I woke up on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning and was like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to reach back out to them and say, look, it's been sitting there. Let's get something done. So I'd reached out and the guy said that he had sold the car. I was a little distraught, but it wasn't really sold. Right. It was traded for $5,000 in paint services that the gentleman was going to have done in one of the houses that he was rehabbing. That's right. So I had him call the guy that he traded it to, made the offer of 5000 cash, 
I know it needs an alternator. Beyond that, I didn't know much else. Mm -hmm. Brought it home. Perfect car for your 16-year-old to have as a first vehicle. It has a 400-horsepower tune on it. It has an ACT clutch in it, cold air intake, exhaust, and a Cobb tuner that shows 400 is the tune on 93, which is perfect for a 16-year-old. It's just an entry point. (laughs) (laughs) Put in the alternator. Then realized that the AC was not working, so got a compressor, got that put in, got engine mounts and transmission mounts put in, got a power Mm. steering pump, replaced that, fixed the leak in the tire. I'm not really keen on the tires that are on it or the wheels that are on it. It's a black car with tinted windows and black wheels and black. It's very monochromatic. Right. While our 16-year-old, she is into darker colors, she's like, you know, it'd be all right if I had a little bit of silver on it. Not chrome, but silver. And I'm like, man, an evil M badge front and back in silver could be pretty cool on this. Oh, yeah. And it turns out that many wheels come in silver. So one of the friends that we have here in the area has a Mazda RX-8 that he's not using those wheels on. Those are 17-inch wheels, same bolt pattern. I said, if you're not using them, feel free to bring them over. I'll give you a case of beer for them. He agreed. Wow. So we're getting the wheels and tires at some point. The alternator that I put in two weeks ago went out yesterday. Got a little battery thing that flashed up on the board, and I was like, well, that's not right. And by the time that I had driven from where we're building our house to our rental house, which is about five miles, it was clear that the alternator was kaput. Power steering was gone. Anti-lock brake was gone. Cobb access port tuner was not powered up. You're going to have to call AutoZone on this one. And I did. And they were like, yeah, no, just bring it back. We see it here. You ordered it two weeks ago. You're fine. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that is the newest addition to our fleet. Prior to that, 2002 Volkswagen Beetle Turbo S. That at one point in its life was an autocross car, but now that's going to be our 24 hours of lemons car. It's a $500 car. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'll be. That's awesome. Yeah. It could be sold for more, but we got it for $500 and it runs and it has the 1.8 and the six speed. The majority of the interior is gutted, which is what we needed anyway. Prior to that is the 94 Toyota pickup extended cab with the. Uh Three-point slow V6, five-speed, four-by-four. I absolutely love this truck. It's rated at 150 horsepower from the factory. I guarantee it's nowhere near that. I would be surprised if it had had half of that. And one of these days, I would like to upgrade that 3.0 V6 to something else. But, I mean, it runs. It starts every time. It doesn't leak. It's a great little pickup truck. It doesn't have air conditioning, and in Texas, that's absolutely needed. So here's my predicament. Do I spend the money to buy an air conditioning system, or do you know, like I could go to a junkyard and probably find the same era forerunner that has air conditioning and pull that out? That's mm. going to cost a few hundred dollars. Or do I replace the engine? And whatever components are on the engine, air conditioning included. Right. Do I do that? So we're, we've got time on that one. Yeah. Prior to that one, we added the 2012 Lexus GX 460 last summer as the family wagon. I will right. say that is a wonderful vehicle as far as luxury, 
sound, uh, like noise, vibration, harshness. It's a great ride. 200,000 miles and it drives like it's new. Absolutely nice. The only thing I will say is that Lexus decided to put the radio knob that goes on, off in volume right where your knee is if you're over six foot tall. And if you're driving down the road and decide to push on the gas or adjust your foot, you turn off the radio. It's a bit annoying. (laughs) (laughs) We can replace that, right? Now there's Tesla screens that are made to plug and play right there. Yep, right. And I have learned with that one that cooled seats are my new must-have in any vehicle going forward. Oh, yeah. As far as, like, a decent vehicle. I'm not going to worry about them in my 94 pickup truck. I don't even have air conditioning in that thing. (laughs) Yeah. So that's on my upgrade list for the Maverick at one point. I have the base model, which is an XL with fabric seat trim. Mm-hmm. But the desire is at one point to upgrade to a catskin leather interior mm-hmm. with a cooled seat, heated seat upgrade. Does that come with the catskin or is that something that you have to replace the seats with a wire harness that has it built into the seats? It's part of a package that catskin offers. Get out! The last I was looking, this was a, a year ago, because this has been going on for a while, mm-hmm. but it was about $2,000 or so for the upgrade, which really, it's not that bad. It's less than a trim upgrade to the Lariat, let's say. Right. You're absolutely right. For $2,000, you figure that having the vehicle, say, for five years at $2,000, right. you know, it's a lot less than upgrading to a Lariat that you would have to get in order to get that package. Yeah. Before we got the GX, we got the Missus a 2005 Mazda Speed Miata, which is a hoot. And that's the one with the turbo. (laughs) Yes, it is. So it's 170 horsepower direct from the factory on the 1.8 six-speed transmission. This one's triple black, hard top, the racing heart wheels that came as the OEM wheels, and it's got a few go-fast bits from Flying Miata. But for some reason, ever since I maybe overheated the engine, maybe I didn't check the oil in it after the missus had been driving it for several months, maybe it overheated and maybe I had to replace the engine, I'm having a tough time keeping it from giving a misfire code and staying with an acceptable heat range. So you got your C and your H and your needle usually sticks right in the middle. But if you get a little bit spirited, and I don't mean much spirited, I'm not redlining it, I'm not tracking it. There's some roads in the hill country where if you do the speed limit and you're holding it to fifth and fourth gear instead of sixth gear, it just gets a little bit warmer than I want it to get. So my thought is if I put in a thermostat that instead of opening up at 180, opens up at 160, maybe that would be a thing. So I'll keep you posted on that one. The technology should be there in this, but are the fans electric? Yeah, they're not controlled by the crank. They're not attached to the crank. Okay. So they are electric. And I do think that upgrading the radiator to either a Koyorad or a Mishimoto would probably be smart on my end. But this radiator is perfectly fine and, you know, it's work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm lazy. (laughs) Well, and when it's exhibiting these issues, is is it 115,000 degrees it uh, is. in Texas, or are they on cooler days? No, it's it's certainly been 115 degrees in Texas that this has been happening. I do have the 
thermostat from Rock Auto. So I'll put that in. That will be the first thing. Drive it around, see how that goes. If that doesn't work, then we'll check out the the fans and make sure that they're functioning. And then check out and try the radiator. And if worse comes to worse, we can sell it because the improvements that come along with the ND Miata two generations after the NB are significant. Okay. No turbo, but you can get a stick shift and it's a little bit larger engine and they can handle a small amount of boost. And we only have this one set at nine pounds of boost right now. So we'll see. The original vehicle that my wife and I have had since, I say my wife and I, she got it before we ever had our first date, a few months before we had our first date, is a 2006 Toyota 4Runner with the Unreal 2UZ 4.7 V8. Oh, yeah. Such a good motor. It says that it's rated at like 330 torques. This thing would blow the GX 460 off the road, and the GX 460 is rated higher than that 47. Hmm. On paper, you would be like, nah, these are, these are you know, very similar. Mm-mm. No, you put them on yep. the road and line them up and let them go, and that 47 whoops the 46 in a straight line. You get that gearing with that transmission, and oh, it's man. just a different story. Because we have, obviously, a lot of vehicles, and we are expecting our... 64 Chevy C10 to come back from a gentleman who is basically making it roadworthy. It's not going to be completely restored. At some yep. point we'll get there, but it's going to be running. We can go get groceries with it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The wifey says, probably we should sell the forerunner. And I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> mm. I like God, it. That's tough. And I would love yeah. to pull that engine out and stick it into the pickup truck. Oh, yeah. And now I've got a 270-horse engine with 330 torques in my tiny little pickup truck. But at the same time, it's like I could probably get 4500 or 5000 for the vehicle. Now, it's not pretty. There's some paint on it that is lost clear coat, so it's not pretty. Uh-huh. 240,000 miles, not a lot for that engine. It's rated at 600,000 miles. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. It came in the 4Runner. It came in the Land Cruiser. It came in the LX. It came in the GX. Very good stout engine. But I'm just like, man, I don't want to get rid of that engine. That's Bolt a tough one. Two little spoolies on it and see what happens. It could easily handle it. Turb skis or even a little supercharger if you want, because they made those for it too. They did. TRD was actually made by Magnuson, and you could put a Magnuson on there and it bolts right up. Mm-hmm. That's right. So that's our extended fleet for the time being. Of course, there are other things like, could I find a Mazda Speed 6 and have a trifecta of Mazda Speeds? Potentially. Of similar generations too. Yeah, exactly right. And they're, unfortunately, where I grew up in the northwestern parts of our country in Idaho, there are two Mazda Speed 6 for sale at this time that are about $2,000. Oh, Oh, yeah, exactly. Hmm, I think I need to go home and visit, uh, <laughs> visit my mom and my sisters and maybe just a, a quick, car. quick visit. Yes. One way. The Miata came from Boise, Idaho. Okay. That's, uh, not going to happen because of other things right now, but that's okay. The idea 
is still valid because we don't plan on getting rid of the Miata. We don't plan on getting rid of the Speed 3 anytime soon. So if that happens, I'll keep you posted. They are affordable nonetheless. So on your end, you've got the Maverick coming in next six to eight weeks. You've got the Ionic, which I am going to guess is holding up. It is. It is doing fantastically well, continuing to get from... What I've been seeing continuing to get right at what it's rated at, which is 54 to 55 miles to the gallon. And that's the shocking thing is is when you fill it up and you see the range of 640 miles when you fill it up. <laughs> $20 later, it's full of gas somehow after $20. I'm pretty genuinely impressed by the car. The only qualm my wife currently has with the car is... The struts on the hatch of it, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're necessarily old because it's a 2017, so it's not necessarily that old. Mm -hmm. So six years old. The hatch kind of opens slowly, so you pull it up and then, you know, the struts catch it and then they do the rest of the raising. Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't go fast enough for her. And uh, (laughs) she's... She's really not used to hitting her head on things because she's all of five feet tall. And it's been three or four times that she's hit her head on this hatch because she doesn't want to wait for it to open. She expects it to be open more. And uh, that, that's been our latest issue. And, and I've looked up the struts. The OEM struts are like 100 bucks a pop. And so I'm like, okay, well, I can replace the struts for you, but it's $200. So... How much of an inconvenience is it really? I don't want to ask you to get video, but I really want to ask you to get (laughs) some video. Well, you know, all of it would be bleeped out, so I don't even really know if we could air it. (laughs) (laughs) She's feisty, is what you're saying. Yes. Uh, Especially when that type of scenario is happening. Drives very nice. It's just, it has a sporty feel to it. I mean, it's, it's strange to say this for a... Prius competitor, but it really genuinely feels sporty with the way that they've mounted that battery, which is under the rear seat and low. Mm-hmm. The center of gravity is really in the middle of the car in terms of like A, B, and C pillar. It, it mm-hmm. gets pretty close to B and C, which helps balance the car out, but it's also low on the floor of the vehicle. So it just feels really well grounded in a corner and it's like wow i can actually take this corner a lot faster than i thought i could and it's planted i heard something during my time in the gulf coast of florida which you're familiar with that area that Mm -hmm. when a vehicle manufacturer knows what they are doing they will keep the majority of the weight in a triangle and the triangle consists of the two wheels being the base and then the center of the roof being the top point So what you're Mm -hmm. describing here is is that that battery is essentially within that triangle, helping it become a little bit more stable as you're driving it. That's right. It's been really fun. There have been some turns where you're making the tires cling on for dear life, and it's like, (laughs) yeah, I'm genuinely impressed at its performance, like the way that it handles. Of course, acceleration, it's not an acceleration game for this car, but uh, yeah, really have enjoyed it. It's been a good car. For the Tundra, I recently got, we we probably talked about this a little bit, but there was this, uh, I think a Swedish company that our dad sent us a link to, which was a, almost like a ceramic coating for the engine itself. And so you pour it right in like you would with your oil um, into the crankcase. And I got this 
not only was it uh, ceramic coating, but I meant to order the ceramic coating and I accidentally ordered an engine cleaner, which you put in the fuel tank. So I ended up getting both. Hmm. And so I ended up doing both in unison. But the, the concept for the ceramic coating is that it helps kind of fill in any sort of wear areas or any sort of imperfections in the metal, especially along the cylinder walls, if there's any friction that's been built up as you have carbon deposits in there. Mm -hmm. And one thing I really actually genuinely noticed, which I feel like some of this stuff is snake oil and you don't really know if it really works. Right. Whenever I would start the truck, you'd hear a little bit of a little bit of noise, almost like tapping Mm -hmm. from, I would assume the valves. And it's not like there was a true issue. It was just when you first started it up, there would be a little bit of a tapping noise there was never an issue with performance of the engine. It was perhaps just the age. Mm-hmm. And once I put this stuff in after a few cycles, I now start it up and I don't hear that anymore. Engine's a lot quieter. That is interesting. So the the 5.7 engine that Toyota has, they are known for that tap. Our 2010 yep. Sequoia, which we sold in order to get the, the GX460, had the exact same thing and you start it up, but as it circulates the oil, eventually that tap goes away and it is just a tiny bit of of valve chatter on there, but then it goes away. And to hear that this actually eliminated that is quite fascinating. I've really been impressed and it feels like there's some element of performance that have, that has been restored and it has 180,000 miles, a little over that. A lot of its life, I don't really know exactly how much, but there was a good period of time where the previous owner who took very good care of it would also tow very heavy things, probably above its tow rating. So mm-hmm. the, the engine at some point has worked pretty hard. Now it's just a highway cruiser for me. I really don't, I don't tow anything with it or really put it through its paces. And so it's got a nice retirement, I guess, with me. <laughs> um, but still, the engine, of course, has had a life before before I owned it. And so I just wanted to make sure that for me, but also for the next owner, that we try to take as much care of it as we can and do everything as, as much as we can preventatively, of course, to get to the million mile mark, which these 5.7s can get to. I had to do a little bit of research on the ceramic coatings because in the past 10 years, these things have just come out and come hard and there are companies who are charging thousands of dollars to go in and not just ceramic coat the outside, but like they'll pull off the wheels, they will do the engine bay, they'll do the interior and everything gets the ceramic coat on. I'm like, well, I mean, it's, it's a wax, right? right? It's just a wax. But the science behind it is that in the past couple of decades, our technology has gotten to the point where we can refine this wax down to these particles being what we call nano size, teeny tiny little molecules of this wax. And because they're so small, they can go into these imperfections and fill them up and give you protection Mm -hmm. instead of letting that particular weakness of either the coat of your paint or in this case, the interior of your engine. Right. And it can fill that crevice and smooth everything out and make this thing shine like new. And it's gotten to the point where our old man actually sent us another item that he's bringing into his detail shop that takes ceramic coating to a completely different level. That's right. It to the point where yesterday I was having lunch with him and I had this tired Mazda Speed 3 with faded paint and very little clear coat left on it. It's been sitting out in the sun. It obviously not had the best life when I picked it up. 
there's yeah. it needs an alternator and the tires going flat and it it is looking a little bit soft and saggy and our dad said why don't you bring this in i want to see just how good this new coating is and i think it can take care of some of this tired paint wow okay i gladly accepted <laughs> sure <laughs> because if somebody's going to say yeah we can take this 10 year old car and make it look more like a five-year-old car, I would totally be up for that. And it only oh, yeah. only costs a few hundred dollars. Instead of having to get it resprayed for $5,000, I can do it for a tenth of that price. Heck yeah, sign me up. So I'll right. keep you posted on that. And I will put pictures on our little storyboard that accompanies our podcast here. Yeah. What he's talking about is what maybe we can get into this uh, in another episode too, but it's called Revivify. Mm-hmm. It says it's between a ceramic coating and paint protection film. Mm. Um, so it's it's harder than your traditional ceramic coating, but it's not an adhesive type of paint protection film. I watched a few videos on this because uh, I'll be putting it on the Maverick. He had this this hood that was covered in this coating of Revivify, and he was whacking it. I mean, just wailing on this thing with the coating on it. All it did was dent the hood, but no paint was chipping or cracking or anything in the area because it had been treated with this coating. So it's it absorbs the blow, but it does it in such a way where it doesn't allow the paint necessarily to be affected. That was a three-year-old coating that he had on there. So we know at least for three years, it still looks very good and performs very well. So very curious to hear the, the results. All of that to say that you can put this on your vehicle and crash your vehicle and it won't have a scratch on it, but you won't the be able to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But the paint, yeah. the paint will look fantastic. It's completely mangled. You might survive. You might not. But the paint looks amazing. <laughs> it, it'll buff out. That's right. That's right. We can, we can, there's got some high spots. We'll just buff those out. On the next episode, we shift gears and talk about Steven's worst vehicle he's ever owned. You're closing up shop with Two Dipsticks Garage. Feel free to open up another one to see what them chance brothers are getting into next. Ah.